Hello, my name is Sarah Risden, and Katie had asked me to share a little bit about um, these chapters this week. Um, I'm a little nervous, a little anxious, and it's pretty funny because one of the sections I chose to teach on is do not worry. <laughs> so I have my anxious mess, essential oils. I don't really do a lot of essential oils, but I went to a class, it was a take and make class, and anxious mess was something I had, and I thought, well, I'll just bring it along in case I need to dab it on, you know, throughout the time. So there we go. But hopefully after this teaching, I won't need it at all because I can just give all that anxiety and worry to God. So there we go. So we're going to start today um, with a story, the parable of the rich fool. That section and the section on the do not worry is kind of what I camped out this week. And I think that sometimes hearing a story in the simplest terms to even a child can understand can just send just as powerful a message as you know reading it from scripture so here we go here's your story time today try to have the pictures out here one day Jesus told a story and this is what he said once upon a time there was a farmer he had a big garden. Lots of wheat plants grew in his garden. He had many helpers who worked for him. He had a nice house and many pennies. Now God gave him his garden, but the farmer didn't think about that. God gave him his helpers, but the farmer didn't think about that. God gave him his house, but the farmer didn't think about that. God gave him his pennies, but the farmer didn't think about that. One day he said, look at my big garden. Look at all my wheat plants. It is time to cut down the wheat. But where shall I put it? My barns are too little. The farmer thought and thought and thought. He said, I know. I will tear down my barns. I will build bigger barns. Then I will have room for all my wheat. The farmer was still thinking. He said, and then I will not work anymore. I will eat, I will drink, I will play every day for a long, long time. But the farmer would not live for a long time. He didn't think about that. Somebody else would get the things in his barns. He didn't think about that. He had many things, but he was not one of God's friends. He didn't think about that. He was a foolish, foolish farmer. And the moral of the story, it is better to be God's friend than to have lots of things. So even in the simplest terms, one of my son's favorite books, he even knows about 
the foolish, foolish farmer. Now, I'm not saying don't save money, don't invest in the future. I believe God also calls us to be good stewards of everything he has given us. But don't hold on to things of this world so tightly that it becomes the main purpose of your life. Instead, look at the things of this world as God's. They are his. My money is his. My house is his. All of my possessions are his. And I want to use those things he has entrusted to me for his ultimate purpose. I need to remember that it's better to be God's friend than to have lots of things. Even on Sunday, Ryan said, in the end, it isn't how hard did you work, but did you work for the right things? Let my prayer truly be, give us this day our daily bread. Hebrews 13.5 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. So I have a funny story about contentment. So a few days ago, our microwave broke. You don't realize how much you use something like a microwave until it no longer works. And not only that, I just can't go replace it because it's part of an oven microwave wall unit. So you have to replace the whole thing. Now, my husband and I were trying to be good stewards of what God has given us, and we're trying to find a used one. But in the meantime, I really miss my microwave. When my coffee gets cold in the morning, I want a way to easily heat it up. Now, could have I learned to be content with the stove and oven? Could I live that way? Yes. But it was so hard. So fortunately, a friend was willing to offer up an extra microwave that she had. She was not like, holding so tightly to that microwave that she didn't want to share. She wasn't collecting microwaves just so she could see how many microwaves she could store up. She was willing to let go of her microwave so I could have my hot coffee. So I thank you for that. So 13, Hebrews 13.5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. And I'm still learning to be content without a microwave. Luke 12.34 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This story also reminded me of a missionary named Jim Elliott. Back in the 1950s, he and four other men were martyred while witnessing to the Aka Indians in Ecuador. But their story did not end there. Three years later, their family members went back and eventually the entire tribe became God followers because what they are willing to sacrifice their lives for. I was so, so enthralled with this story as a young teenager. I did a History Day report on this missionary. And in 2002, at a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert, I actually got to meet one of the tribesmen who was one of the killers of these men. But now he's a God follower. And how amazing is that? One of Jim Elliott's most famous quotes is that he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. He's no fool who gives what he cannot keep. We cannot keep the things of this world. We cannot take it with us. They are God's, they are not ours. But we gain so much by trusting in Jesus for our eternal life. We gain something that we cannot ever lose. It cannot ever be taken from us. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose.
So with that said, how many, how many of us in this room ever worry? Raise your hand. Okay, if you're not raising your hand, you're probably lying. So there we go. <laughs> Are you a worrier? Do you worry what people think about you? Do you worry that you worry too much? That you, do you worry that you worry too little? Worry can be a heavy burden to carry on your journey through this life. It was pretty timely. My 15-year-old niece posted a quote on Facebook this week. It was a quote by Booker T. Washington, who was an African-American former slave who became an educator, author, and advisor to presidents in between 1890 and 1915. And she posted a quote from one of his books, and it said, all worry simply consumes, and to no purpose, just so much physical and mental strength that might otherwise be given to effective work. That's something my 15-year-old niece posted. Wow. So now I'd like to open up our Bibles to Luke 12, 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan would run after such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. We all worry. Sometimes it's over big things. Sometimes it's over little things. In fact, I worried about what I was going to wear this morning. It is blustering out there. If I was going to be the truest, most comfortable self, I would have worn my pajamas. Maybe next time I will. So there are what I like to call small worries, such as what am I gonna wear today? Or what do I do when my microwave breaks? How am I gonna heat up my coffee? But there are also worries, real fears, such as where will my next meal come from? What will we do if we can't pay our rent this month? What if my husband loses his job? I've been there, I've worried. A lot of worries are around money and finances. And that's when we need to remember the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. But there are also worries, anxieties, and fears about other aspects of life. You might think, well, I don't worry about those things. I know God will provide what I'm going to eat and a roof over my head. But there's worries over life, death, health, kids, family. What about those kinds of worries? What if the cancer returns? What if I get in a car accident and something happens? Who will take care of my children? What if I never get married? 
What if I am never able to have children? I've been there. I had a friend who was pregnant again after experiencing loss, and she asked me, when can I stop worrying? And I told her, never. I myself have lost four babies, but do have one amazing little miracle boy. So I think she was a little surprised by my response of never. The truth is, even after he was born, I didn't stop worrying. And I'll probably struggle with worrying about him for the rest of my life. But what I should have told my friend and what I should tell myself is stop worrying now. Give it to God. He is faithful. He is in control. There's an infertility and miscarriage ministry called Sarah's Laughter I have followed for many years. And she had a devotional one day addressing worry. And this is what she said. Do you realize that the very same God who said, do not kill and do not steal, also says to you, do not worry? He says not to worry because not only does worry weigh you down and make you fearful, worry does nothing to help the situation. And which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? How beautiful it is for God to tell you not to worry. He can do this because he is the one who can make right all the wrongs in your life. He has the power and authority in heaven and earth, and he tells you not to worry. He says the same to you today. Don't worry, daughter. I know the desires of your heart. You feel all alone in the struggle, but I am right there with you. I'll take care of you through it all. You simply don't have to worry. Whatever God's plan is for you, he tells you not to worry because he is fully capable of taking care of you throughout the entirety of his plan. From start to finish, you're under his care so you can find rest. Now, it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but we can find reassurance throughout God's word. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxieties on of Him, because He cares for you. When you are worried or afraid, Cast your cares on the Lord. There's a song from Salty. I don't know if any of you know who Salty is. I know Katie does. Raise your hand. I grew up on Salty. I am inundating my son with Salty. He loves Salty. We are a Salty family. But there is a song I often sing to my son from Salty in hopes that he will take it to heart as he journeys through this life. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you.
Let's pray. Lord, just thank you for this morning, for these ladies, for this time together studying your word. And just please help us remember not to worry, that you will provide for us, you will care for us, that we can focus on what the important purpose is of our life, to love you, follow you, and share your love with others, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.